My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Baji here. Today we have a super exciting guest, David Brown. He coaches his clients to become more influential, confident speakers. He's also the host of Twins Talk It Up podcast, as well as his new podcast, Twins Talk Tech Leadership. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Baja, for having me. Excited to have this conversation. Likewise, it's a pleasure to have you. We're going to have some great conversation for sure. We'll cover what's working, your challenges, your podcasts, and your goals. And I'm sure within that conversation alone, we'll have some great takeaways. Before we jump in, do you mind telling us a bit about your story and where you are today? Certainly, I'd love to. I am the CEO and founder of DSB Leadership Group. We are a public speaking and leadership communications training organization located here in Maryland. We are literally focused on clients throughout various sectors from technology to financial. And the thing that I love doing is not just helping my clients grow in their confidence as speakers, it's helping them to understand the impact they can have in their careers. And so that's what I've been doing. And I am, as you mentioned earlier, the host of two podcasts. I'm an author of a book that's out called Talk It Up, much like our podcast. And we are also getting ready to release a second book called Identically Opposite. So a lot of what I do is all around the space of leadership communication skills, and uh, that's what I focus on. Awesome. How did you get to that niche? Well, I love the question, and I appreciate you asking that. And for so many people that may or may not know, I spent 21 years full-time leading churches. I am a minister. I've uh, officiated almost 100 weddings. I've delivered thousands of sermons, funerals, eulogies you name it. And we were at one of our stops in Los Angeles, California. And my wife said, if you save the world and didn't do what you need to do in other arenas of your life, what did you, what did you accomplish? And it really resonated with me to say, okay, what am I really focused on? And when I started my business, I spent about six years in corporate America as a consultant. And so my company started with this sense of I'm going to consult on every aspect of, of business, everything from leadership training to financials, understanding HR. And what I realized is that trying to be everything to everybody meant I was nothing to anybody. And so my wife turned to me and said, what are you the best at? My brother said, focus on revenue generating activities. I'm thinking, I'm trying to, I've got all these things I'm working on. And they both said, speaking, that is what you've always been known for. That's what you trained other ministers on. That's what you trained other organizations on. You should focus around speaking and every professional, no matter what industry they're in, can focus on improving their speaking skills. That's where the niche came from. Focus on what you're great at. Focus on what you're known for. Public speaking, that's where it was born. That is amazing. That's amazing. Sometimes the best ideas come from the people around us and not necessarily <laughs> from within ourselves. Because it's honestly, it's really cool. It's amazing how the universe works. That's true. You got to listen to the people that are closest to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. What keeps you motivated? I think for so many years... It was about helping people to improve their life, helping people to improve where they're going in terms of their outlook on life. 
And then I started looking at my children and they're getting older and they're growing up and they're starting to have their own ideas. They're starting to have their own personal drive and motivating uh, motivators. And so I thought about how can I keep them motivated? and still be relatable to where I am. And so for so many of the years that I spent leading churches, growing around the U.S. and literally leading six churches and not thinking about putting aside money for myself, not thinking about thinking about the future for where my kids are going to be, I, I really felt like I needed to provide something for them. I needed to think differently about their future. And so that motivated me. And then the other thing is, is that I wanted to work with my twin brother. And you know, we grew up together. We tried to go to college separately. We couldn't do it. So we ended up going to school together. We, you know, uh -huh. we, after graduation, we ended up going our separate ways. And then here we are, fast forward years later, we wanted to work together again. And so our podcast was really formed from just wanting to do a project together. And that led to trainings, it led to speaking opportunities, it led to more trainings. And we thought, well, why don't we do more of it together? And so what motivates me is to say, I want us to build together. And mm -hmm. I think that there's a message within who we are as twins, what we get out of our identity that we can really relate to other people that are out there. And to say, look, you all might have similar roles, you all might have similar titles, but we all want what's best for our lives. We all want to be in a different place or in a better place or further along in our careers. And so what motivates me is to say, what more can I do with my family? What more can I do with our brand? And how can I help professionals advance their careers? That is beautiful. That's beautiful. I love that. So I'm I'm really happy that you were able to find such a good niche and I guess business to, to do along with your brother because so many people say like don't go into business don't go into business with family don't go into business with family have you yourself encountered any challenges when it comes to going into business with family not so much with family I think when I first started off as you asked me about my niche the biggest challenge for me was trying to be all things to all people and then I had a couple clients my largest client was in Canada and then COVID hit and when COVID came, the health pandemic shut down a lot of my training because I did all my training in person. And I had to learn to leverage virtual training. And then from virtual training, learn to work with my twin. And my brother said, hey, I'll come on and help you with your business as I build my business. And his company is also a training company, but they focus more on sales training and leadership development. And so for a lot of our work together, there isn't that much of a conflict. Now, what Danny and, I, Danny and I have, which might be different than other, let's say, business partners, is that when there are areas that we consider are his strengths, he runs the show on it, and I play more mm -hmm. of the back seat. And then the other areas that I have more of the strength, that's where I run with it, and he takes more of the back seat. And I think that helps to avoid a lot of conflict. The other thing I would say, uh, Baja, is that the, the communication has to be clearer. And it has to be so clear that there are no confusion. There's no areas of misinterpretation. Uh, I have another company I'm going into with where I'm coming on as a um, the CEO of sorts. And for so many of that, I needed everything spelled out crystal clear because I did not want the board or the other influential leaders in the organization to get any type of misunderstandings or confusion. But for my twin brother and I, there ha really hasn't been many hiccups because we've been on the same page with where we want to see our organizations go, separate organizations, and where we want to see our brand go together. And mm -hmm. if it's his strength, I take the back seat. If it's my strength, he takes the back seat. 
So you guys just fit in, fit into each other really well. So it, I'm sure that it Perfectly. runs a lot smoother when yeah. you guys are fighting about, okay, you need to do this. No, you need to do this. You need to do that. No, we do fight, Major. Don't get me wrong. Major, <laughs> we fight all the time because we want to see excellence. We want to see this work. But yeah. we don't fight in terms of like my way or your way. That's what we don't fight about. I'm going to ask you a question that's on a different it's it's a completely different topic, but I know with a lot of Christian entrepreneurs and Christians in general, we struggle with the idea of making more money and wanting to make more money. It feels greedy and we've got a lot of negative connotations around it. What have your experiences been with that and how, how did you overcome it? I'm assuming you overcame it. Well, I, I, I will say this. I work to have a great perspective or a good balance of understanding that the more you're blessed, the more you should bless others. And so my my conviction is that if you are in a position where you've got, gained a lot of wealth or you've gained a lot of influence, you should in turn be even that much more generous. So I think for a lot of our churches or a lot of our different, uh, let's say, world views, there could be this sense of, well, if we don't have a lot, if we don't have attachments to the physical realm, then we're freer, then we're more connection with the spirit, more connection with our faith or, 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 or our, our God. And my thought is, no, that's not necessarily true. I, I believe in what I call marketplace church, where you teach your members how to not have to be reliant and how to be independent. And if you look at the scriptures, there were a lot of followers of Christ that were very wealthy, and many of them were super generous in their giving. And so my my philosophy, my conviction, even I could base it scripturally is that if you are blessed and you're fortunate, be that much more generous. So I have no problem with people that have come across, come into, who have grown and generated wealth. As long as they're wealthy and uh, generous towards others, I say, hey, that's awesome. Go for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, that definitely helps with the guilt, I think, that comes with it. It's like, oh, well, I want to make more money, but if you're helping people, money's a tool. So it is if a you're tool. if you're just if you're working on having better access to that tool so you can help other people, I completely agree. I completely agree. Exactly. And and the scripture doesn't say it's the root of all evil. Okay. It, it it doesn't say it's the root, it's a root. And I think if we understand that it's more about the issue of what we can and cannot handle from a spiritual maturity perspective, then go ahead, be be generous. Please give as much as you can. Don't be guilted out by it. Don't don't feel weird about it. And and if you ever get to a point where you don't have those checks and balances and you start to feel like you're crossing that line, then yes, back up. Give it all away if you have to. The point is, this is not meant for us. It's meant to be a blessing for others. Absolutely. Absolutely. We can go switch back to the business topic, but what do you <laughs> wish that you knew back when you started that you know now? A couple of things, and that's a great question. Thank you for asking. And we're always learning. If you're evaluating not just your clients, but you're evaluating yourself, you're trying to say, what could I do differently? What could I do more? Not in a way to to dis- be discouraged, but in a way to be encouraged about where you're going, to see the changes you're making. And that's why data is important in that sense. I think for me, it'd be the two things. One that I mentioned earlier, it's what I know about my niche. I could have probably saved a year and a half of that, right? And then secondly, coming up with the right processes that make sense, right? It's mm-hmm. the whole adage of which activities generate revenue and then repeat that over and over again. Keep it simple. It does not have to be complex. Less 
ironically, is more. And those would be the two things I would say. I've always believed in mentorship. I have mentors in different arenas of my life. I've always believed in getting training and leadership development in terms of personal development. I work on that as well. But I would say that the two things I would say is refine the niche as much as you can. And secondly, determine the right processes and keep it up. Absolutely. Love it. What is your focus going to be? I know that we're in March now, but what is your focus going to be for the rest of 2023? I think that's an excellent question. And for right now, what is interesting is from my training, it's opened up some avenues that I've never explored before. One of those is in the educational sector. And so what's happening is I've been able to teach and instruct at the university level. And I've got a couple more opportunities coming up this month. I'm a professor and teaching at another university level. Nothing that I thought about, but it's opened up an opportunity to position my book into that space where it can become more of a mainstream book for universities to use as a public speaking tool, right? And so that's new. And then I think the other thing is that I'm in the process of considering relocating closer to my twin so we can actually work more together. So right now our podcasts are, we're on here, we get our guests on, but having a studio together where we're in the same studio with the ability to to be eye to eye, face to face, that's what I'm looking forward to in 2023. And I think the other part I would say is adding not just great guests, but being able to, to support that. We've added some staff now to manage some of our podcasts. We've added staff to manage some of the marketing side of it. So I want to be able to see that self-sustained. I want to see that going. And then the other thing is I want to see my twin brother and I on stage together. We both speak at conferences. We've been at the same conference speaking, but not on stage together. And so mm-hmm. our keynote is entitled Identically Opposite. I want to see us do more of that together this year. So 2023 is going to be filled with training on the university level 2023 we'd be focused on bringing in more income and supporting my podcasting staff 2023 would be my brother and I sharing the stage together that is amazing I love that I bet that the energy both when if speaking together on stage and having a studio together is completely unmatched I mean having zoom interviews is great but doing it in person I, I I'd imagine is a completely different atmosphere completely different I can't vibe. Wait. the banter that you can have in person is just quite is not the same as yeah I agree isn't quite the 100%. same wow <laughs> so what is your biggest challenge as of today that's a great question and for me it's been a response to the technology sector laying off so many people and for the most part the majority of my business has been with the technology sector all my clients have been microsoft the independent what we call managed service providers Uh, these have been the majority of my income so i think for me it's learning that even though they're bringing me the most attention they're bringing me the most training opportunities is i've got to diversify that a little bit more but I can't throw it all away because what it's done, it's given birth to an opportunity where I can actually provide coaching. And so instead of, let's say, the company organization pay me directly, I'm getting clients individually to pay me for coaching, interviewing skills, Mm -hmm. coaching them on public speaking, how to present themselves. I've been able to coach clients on how to ask for more money. Right. It's not, it might sound interesting. It might sound awkward, but the truth is many of our clients are well underpaid. And if yeah. you don't ask, they don't give it to you. And so these have been new opportunities that have been born because of the challenge of the pandemic. And, and so I would say for me, I wanted to explore the 
educational sector because I didn't want to be so pigeonholed where 85% of my money only came from uh, the tech sector. Oh, yeah. I wanted to be able to say, I'm doing the same thing over and over again, but now I'm able to put that same focus, that same product in all these arenas. So right now I'm doing more coaching, but individually, not just on the corporate level. Who is your dream client? My dream client. My gosh, that's an awesome question. <laughs> I love that. No, I'm serious. That's an excellent question. I love it. I would love to be able to interview more, I would say, world leaders, not all political. Mm-hmm. I, I think some of them, I've been able to speak with incredible leaders at Microsoft, Google, some powerful leaders. I've been able to interview a lot of them in the sports world as well. But I would say that I would love to interview more what I call world stage leaders. Um, the Microsofts are great. That's world stage on technology. I, I, I've had some sports leaders on, on a world stage, but I want to do more, more of the um, political leaders too. I want to be able to say, can my interview skills and my interview skills training go beyond that. And in so many ways, I believe it can. And and I would like to do more of that. I like to interview those guys who are literally shaping and changing industries. That would be what I would love. But that's a great question. Thank you for asking. Yeah, of course. Of course. I think interviewing world leaders would be a really, really amazing opportunity, amazing connection, which is another reason why podcasting is so amazing. You get to have these amazing connections with people all across yes. the world. That Phenomenal. is so true. And I've loved it because it's introduced me to so many people from around the world. Oh, and absolutely. I've loved it. Guests from India, Australia. It's been a blast to get people from around the world on our programs. That's amazing. So actually, now that we're on the topic, let's talk about your podcast a little bit. What's the what's the meaning behind Talk It Up? Well, my twin brother and I wanted to build something around the fact that we're identical twins. And so what I tell people is that Genetically, we're the same, but we're totally different in a lot of our personality. We have similar drives. We're competitive. We want to be able to do great things, but he's always been more inclined on the engineering side. He took things apart, put things together. I was more on the other side of it where I was very much on the artistic side. I love painting, drawing, sculpting, but I also wanted to be more on the outward side. I'm a very extreme extrovert, whereas my brother's more of an ambivert and he needs that time alone to kind of recoup his energy cells. I need to be around people to get my energy up. And so there's that aspect of wanting to see us do something like that. And so that's where Twins Talk It Up was born. And then we said, let's build on this brand. We're starting to get people to ask us about our speaking, getting people to ask us to train them on speaking. So we said, look, let's take our training material and just put it in a book. And the book took forever to come out because I kept thinking, we need to add more, we need to add more. (laughs) And my brother said, no, you need to add enough. And so what we've realized is that people have gained enough from that. And from there, it's brought on more clients. And we wanted to initially build the, the idea around three books. And so that's why the first book came out. And the second book called Identically Opposite is on its way out in a couple of months, is to be able to give different clients an element to support their business, to support their own professional growth. And so that's where that came from. And then we just thought, hey, let's keep building the brand. The brand is twins, the twins talk. And then that's what led to the podcast. And then the podcast led to another podcast. And that's where this is going. So yes, and on all, we've got these three books built around this brand. 
And we're hoping that that branding will help build opportunities for other companies and other mm -hmm. ventures. What kinds of topics do you cover on both podcasts? What's the difference between the two? Perfect. Uh, great question. Twins Talk It Up is essentially built around what I call leadership communication skills. And so we're talking about leadership. We're talking about communication. So it could be about servant leadership. It could be about mindset work and how to look at HR and how do you communicate with your employees? So it's all around those topics. And so some of it's motivational. And yet Twins Talk Tech is literally designed just to elevate the what I call profile on the voices of influential leaders within technology. So anything around technology, if we could talk about movers and shakers, people that are, are literally moving their companies forward, that are growing their organizations in technology, that's what that is going to be about. So tech is different from Twin Socket Up because it's only going to be around tech. If it's not mm -hmm. in technology, it's going to probably be in Twin Socket Up. And yet the frequency is going to be a little different. So tw Twins Talk Tech Leadership is going to be typically weekly, sometimes a couple times a week, whereas Twins Talk It Up, which was weekly, will probably be now every couple weeks, if not three times a month. But the mm -hmm. difference is technology thought leaders versus leadership or communication topics. Mm -hmm. I mean, it makes sense for you to have a tech-specific podcast, just if 85% of your income is coming from the tech sphere. You might as well have a podcast that caters yeah. to them as well. And pretty much for my brother, it's about 95% of his business is oh, all technology. Okay. Even better. Yeah. Even better. Yep. So it, just, exactly. it was a no-brainer to start that one as well. <laughs> it was a no-brainer. And we had so many guests, which I, I tell you was overwhelming. We were very surprised to get a lot of people fill out our podcast guest forums, people that were coming to us from referrals from other guests we've had on the past. And so we thought, look, it makes sense if that's going to generate some revenue, if that's going to generate our support staff, then we focus another program around technology. And so mm -hmm. you're going to see that continued growth in that arena. And that's why that second program was born. I love podcasting because I love interviewing people. I think people are fascinating. And I love finding an angle that no one else would find. And to me, if a guest could tell me, David, this has been the best podcast experience I've ever had, or this has been the best interview experience I've ever had, then I've done my job. And that's why I love what I do. And that's why I love the, the podcasting platform. What is your favorite question to ask people who come on your show? I think for much of it, it's trying to find out what people don't know about them. Mm -hmm. And it's that question that you have to do enough research that they literally get emotional or they get fuddled like no one's ever asked that or I never knew that. And so earlier we interviewed a, a business leader who literally was like a Microsoft partner of the year. They won over 50 awards. And we, we got to the point like, what what is the motivating factor for you? It's not just because you're a woman in technology. And, and basically what was born of it was uh, something her mother said to her, right? And never did she feel like that came out in interviews in the past. But yeah, we were able to get that, which I loved. Uh, and so I like to find something that no one else has found before. I want to know what it is about you. It's not just because you want to make money, you want to be successful, or you had some idea. There's There's a difference there. There's a there's a deeper meaning to their why. There's a deeper meaning to what motivates them. And so I want to figure out what that is. And so that drives me. It really, really drives me. And to the point where I get obsessive with it, and yet we've brought mm -hmm. on the staff and 
they can't write the way I write, or they don't see the things that I see, but I've got to be able to trust that they're able to find the spirit of what I want to get out of my guest. And if that mm-hmm. happens, then I'm fired up. That makes me happy. I, I understand where you're coming from. It sounds, I'm sure that the way that I'm going to say it sounds a little sadistic and I don't mean it like that by any means, but I've had a couple of guests where I've interviewed them and they started crying and I'm like, ah, <laughs> I hit a good spot. <laughs> that's it It It, it's not that you want to cry yeah it's not that you wanted to but you want them to connect it can't just be the same interview a lot of our guests have been on many platforms and it can't just be the same carbon copy responses we want them to feel like wow you care enough to ask that question or you care enough to ask the follow-up question to that question that's what we want because then they feel this emotional connection that's the authentic authentic spirit coming out and when that comes out then they feel more vested in you and then they come back or they refer people to you. That's, that's what's missing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree. And that's, that's another wonderful thing about podcasting. There really isn't any other platform where you can do things like that with people that you otherwise would never have met. Agreed. Totally agree with that. And that's why you, you have incredible interviewers. You, you got these journalists and you say, well, how do they know how to ask that question? Or why did they know to go there? Because they did their research, they did their homework, and they know what questions need to be asked. And I think at the same time, what, what this environment has produced is hesitancy from a lot of guests, because they're thinking, where are you going with this? Where are you trying to lead with that? And so for my, my twin and I, we, we don't want that to be what our guests feel. We don't want them to feel like we're trying to get to a point and we have an alternative motive. No, we want to highlight them. We want to elevate their voice. We want to give them the opportunity to show their skills, their talent, their services and products to the world that we are a part of. And when they believe that, it helps them. It excites them. It inspires them. And I think that's what we're here for. We're here to elevate that. We're here to highlight that. And that's why I do what I do. That's amazing. I love it. I love the, I love the energy that you bring along with what you're talking about. You can clearly tell that you love what you're doing. You are totally in the right space. You love talking. <laughs> I certainly do. But, great. <laughs> I, but as you know, part of being a great interviewer, a great host is listening. Yes. Because sometimes you have to go down a different path when the guest says something that was unexpected, but you knew in your heart of hearts that you needed to hone in on that or you needed to focus on that. And so part of it is listening. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are slowly running out of time here, but I do want to ask you, what are as 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 many pluses there are to podcasting what are some of the challenges that you experience i think for me some of the challenges i faced earlier on was trying to figure out how to get paid sponsors mm-hmm. how to get more traction and when our first program hit over 20,000 downloads uh, i was elated but i had to learn that downloads don't always equate to listeners. You might have people that just listen, but they don't download the episodes. And so I'm learning that. And then I'm learning how to brand that differently, how to how do I put that on like a YouTube platform. And now that my twin brother and I are going to be getting together and building a studio, we're going to be trying other platforms like TikTok and, and more of Twitter. And so I would say the biggest challenge has been the consistency of sponsors and so now we're trying a new element where we're we're actually doing a marketing approach to uh, literally reaching out to certain companies that have come on our show companies that have asked to be a part of this some of the larger tech firms and and now asking them to sponsor the program 
be a part of that. And so for me, that's been the biggest challenge is figuring out how to be more consistent with that. And we've gone with this sense of let's step out on faith. And so we've hired staff to literally run the podcast programs. We outsource some of the work, but we've brought on on staff now. And so our motive is to say, we want to support their salaries through the growth of our programs. I see. And finally, if you had to pick one thing that you, one thing, one thing that you love the most about podcasting, what would it be? Baja, the one thing is people. I just think people are fascinating. I, I literally, I could literally look at sitting down on a bench at a park and saying, this is a sport, right? Or sitting there on my drive to meeting a client and listening to a podcast. I love listening to journalists who ask great questions, not mm -hmm. skewed questions, but great questions. So for me, I would say that would be it. All right, David, if you had to give one piece of advice, I guess well, I have one more question. My bad. <laughs> if you had to give one piece of advice to anybody who's listening who wants to improve their public speaking skills or just speaking skills as a whole, what would it be? Practice, practice, practice. You don't get better at speaking unless you practice, but you've got to practice with the right mindset because if you practice and you're practicing wrong, you're only going to get discouraged. Make it worse. Exactly. But if you practice <laughs> with the right mindset, you're going to get better, you're going to improve, and you're going to see your what I would call value increase. So, I mean, Warren Buffett himself said that public speaking is the most important skill and it could increase your value by 50%. So invest in yourself, believe in yourself and practice. Absolutely. David, thank you so much for coming on. If anybody's looking to get in contact with you, find out more about your services, what is the best way for them to find you? Say, so go to our website, go to my website, dsbleadershipgroup.com. Find us on Twitter, Twins Talk It Up, or go to Amazon and get our book. And getting our book will be a great opportunity to learn about our work. And matter of fact, all of your listeners that want to learn more about us or that's interested in my public speaking courses, as long as they put Rebels 25, they're going to get a 25 cent discount. So website, Thank you. Twitter, or go on Amazon to get the book or find us through your connection and just put Rebels 25. Awesome. Once again, David, thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and would like to come on the show, please visit top100interview.com. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition 
without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.